Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. International News Review. Welcome back to Weekend Mornings here on Money FM. Our international news review, Lily Ong, TV journalist, joining us today. Hi, Lily. How are you doing? Good morning. How are you? Great. You sound great, which is perfect. Uh, you sound like you a beautiful waterfall on a sunny day. It, it couldn't be clearer. <laughs> it's wonderful. Show, show me the script. I want that script. <laughs> I could use it next time. Well, Lily, let's jump right into it um, because we got a lot to talk about now. Um, unfortunately, our first story is, is, a, is one that's got a bit of tension to it, which is the Taliban in Afghanistan. They have taken the second and third largest cities of Kandahar and Herat, uh, and they are moving quickly. And one government source in the U.S. says they believe that that uh, Kabul could be next within the next couple of weeks. Uh, massive story. You know, I mean, look, is anybody surprised by the Taliban takeover? When U.S. announced that it was going to leave um, Afghanistan, this was to be expected. I think the only surprise is how quickly this is happening. Because keep in mind that Taliban has only 75,000 troops. Afghan forces has 300,000 troops. And Taliban has no air force. They don't even own any airspace. Mm -hmm. So the speed with which the Taliban is taking over is not only frightening, it's very impressive. Mm. Yeah, and it's very worrying, Lily, isn't it, for the people of Afghanistan, particularly the women. I mean, the poor women always, you know, the education system, they yeah. say, could arguably collapse, particularly for women and, and, and children. Um, Kabul is next, as you mentioned there, Glenn. I mean, the, the prospects. And then, of course, you may have a refugee crisis shortly after that. Afghans trying to flee across parts of Europe, heading towards the likes of the UK and other places. We could have a real humanitarian refugee crisis here, Lily, couldn't we? Yes, and this wouldn't be the first time. I mean, we saw what happened to Syria. We saw what happened to Libya. I think the least we could do at this point is at least try to negotiate for the embassy to be kept open on the ground there. So we have some eyes on the ground that we keep the communication channel open. Um, I think we need to go back to the Doha agreement and see what was in there, mm. because this was um, agreed upon by U.S., the U.S., uh, the NATO allies and the Taliban to allow them to take over. So I think we need to go back to the Doha agreement and see what we can muscle out of there. One of the challenges, Lily, that I have read is, you know, that the Taliban is not a, a very centralized unit, right? There are lots of different tribes, lots of different individual fighting groups. And so to get a, a consensus and a, a guarantee on anything is nearly impossible, isn't it? Yes, but I think this is uh, a desperate measure by United States. This has been going on for 20 years. They have spent close to $6.4 trillion in the Middle East. That is 12 zeros, $6.4 trillion. Yeah. And, um, you know, this kind of coincides with America's pivot to Asia, to, to borrow that phrase. They have finite resources. They have only so much resources. So in order for America to focus on Asia, they would have to, they have no choice. They would have to retreat from the European and Middle Eastern theaters. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lily, let's, uh, let's leave that one for now. We, we can only uh, imagine what time will bring, and we'll certainly be covering that story again next week uh, when we uh, have Steve Oaken back on. Uh, but uh, let's talk now a little closer to home. Our Singapore travel measures now have been updated uh, relating to fully vaccinated travelers from places like Australia, Canada, Germany, etc. cetera. Uh, where are we at right now? Because many of them are starting to come into effect this week and next week. So there's the magic eight countries. Uh, that's Germany, Italy, 
Norway, Switzerland, South Korea, Austria, Australia, and Canada. So people coming back from those countries, they can apply to do their stay home notice at home. That is a huge cost savings. I think that's $3,000 per person mm. for 14 days stay in a hotel. So there's that. And then I think more important than that is the resumption of entry approvals for work pass holders. Mm. Lily, I was going to uh, follow up on that. I mean, Yes, it's good, but I feel there's a slightly cynical, maybe economic imperative here. I look at somewhere like Australia, for example. Australia has one of the lowest vaccination rates in the developed world. So it seems a little peculiar that of all the countries picked, Australia's one of them. Is it because of trade? I thought education would be a key Mm. one. The back and forth of students to both countries might be one of the reasons for it. But a country that is very, very low in terms of vaccination. Are you surprised that one's on the list? Well, I think the government is taking a bird's eye view. They're not just looking at factor A or factor B or factor C. They're looking at factors A, B, C. Because I've heard the same uh, feedback that you just gave me is that why is country A not allowed when it has a higher vaccination rate Mm. than one of the magic A countries? So I think they're taking a bird's eye view on the whole thing. But they are aware that queries are coming up and people are wondering because they're trying. And I, I think you are too. We're trying to speculate which is the next magic eight countries. Mm. So we want to know the criteria upon which they are basing the selection on. Very interesting. We're talking with Singaporean uh, TV journalist Lily Ong. And Lily, um, the... uh the Lord of the Rings is is a series of movies that so many Singaporeans love. And big news for that franchise this week that it is uh, – Amazon Studios is going to move the production to the UK from New Zealand. Now, this has been a huge tourist draw for New Zealand over the years. People go there to see the Hobbit Shire and all the different places. Uh, what – what, uh, what do you think is behind this move for the the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings to go to the UK? Well, according to the company, this is part of their plan to enlarge their production space and to consolidate their footprint in UK. I think that's very reasonable. That's very reasonable. And I, I think it's not all that uncommon for filmmakers to be sourcing global locations for their movie sets. So this doesn't come as too big of a surprise. I can understand why New Zealand would not want to see them go. It has done a Mm. tremendous promotion for the country. I can see why UK will be so welcoming to them. Um, And and by the way, do you know that um, the Prime Minister of New Zealand actually auditioned for a part in Lord of the Rings? (laughs) I did know that. Yes, Jacinda Ardern. You knew that? That's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's a huge, uh, huge uh, fan. You say she's a huge hobbit? Yeah, she's a huge (laughs) hobbit. Huge hobbit. Uh, No, she's a big Tolkien fan. She didn't get it. She did not get it. I knew that because uh, Stephen Uh, Colbert, the chat show host in the US, who is also a massive massive Tolkien fan, he went to New Zealand and and interviewed her and and that came up. But Lily, it is interesting because you're right. I, there is, I, I can't help feeling there's an economic uh, and certainly a political element to this because New Zealand and Australia for more than a decade now mm-hmm. has been a real haven for movie makers because it's a, uh, they get ta- tax benefits and, and it's it, untouched and, untouched yeah, and yeah. real government incentives. And yeah. for a while there, the UK was considered too expensive because of the yeah. strength of the pound, the taxation rates and so on and so on. So the fact that they're really trying to go back to the UK, which was always uh, a home for American movie making, back to Star Wars and beyond. I feel there's a bit of a political element here, Lily. This is them really trying to, you know, solidify that foothold, the Amazon foothold in the UK. Is there an element of that, do you think? 
I wouldn't be surprised, and I would be surprised if the UK government has dangled some carrots yes. for them to go over, what because this is going to provide a boost to the UK economy. I mean, this is one. Of, this is the most um, expensive series ever made. Just the first season alone, they spent three hundred sixty-six million pounds. That's four hundred sixty-five million Singapore dollars just on the first season alone. So this is going to provide a much-needed boost to the UK economy. $465 million on a TV show. I remember 20 years ago when Band of Brothers came out this year, 20 years. It was years. massive, right? That was the biggest, yeah. most expensive show of all time. Mm. And back then, that was only $10 million an episode. 10 episodes, so you're looking at $100 million. And now we're looking at $465 million. How many Hobbit geeks are there in the world? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently quite a few. Dear me, fascinating. All right. Okay, uh, final story today. Those of you that have been following geopolitical news, we have seen uh, China rising with uh, as a blue water navy. They have their first aircraft carrier. Uh, and now they're trying to take a softer touch to that. And they have, <laughs> they have come up with... A, uh, a clothing line, an aircraft carrier clothing line. Lily, this is uh, quite unexpected from, from my perspective anyway. Well, I, I think that it goes right in line, fit right in line with their PR efforts. I mean, just a while ago, there was that, uh, what is that movie's name? Uh, Wolf Warrior 2, I think, mm-hmm. and, and Operation Red Sea. So those were two Chinese blockbusters. Jeez. And in those blockbusters, the Chinese soldiers were portrayed as heroes. They were doing rescue mission. They were rescuing hostages in Africa. So I think this actually fit in line with their entire PR efforts. I mean, they have good-looking models. Yeah posing in the apparel in front of the vessel and on one of the t-shirts i don't know if you saw it but it's got a panda and the panda has jets as its paws (laughs) if i were to show that to my daughter she would be so stoked i mean she just made me do two staycations in a hotel that has robots as to do the room service to provide the room service so this kind of things i think it clicked with the young it drums up support for the Mm. um, chinese military among the youngsters or those who are young at heart Never mind Chinese military. You had robots at your staycation. <laughs> How expensive was it? <laughs> it was expensive. Well, it, it, I mean, relatively, it was not expensive. And they don't just come and deliver the food. They sing to you. Mm. So, I mean, try to beat that. Well, uh, you can if you want any of these, particularly these aircraft carrier clothing lines. I put the link in uh, our Facebook Live page. Uh, t-shirts, jackets, cold weather parkas, coveralls, board and basketball shorts. Wow! Whew. I know I'm getting my wife for Christmas. <laughs> the PLA is now putting us into good clothes. PLA All right. apparel. Interesting. All right, Lily. Hey, we have to leave it there for today. But thank you so much for coming on, Lily Ong, TV journalist. Great to have you with us. You're welcome. Thank you so much, guys. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.